0: All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Jackman Radio. I'm solo today. I'm your host, Eric Jackman, and I'm really excited to be joined um, by Sophia Eric. She is someone who I've connected with um, through the Bobby Kennedy campaign for president. Um, We just met uh, probably in the last, I don't know, two or three weeks, really, Mm -hmm. since uh, Kennedy's launch on um, April 19th in Boston. And uh, we connected via social media both very excited about his campaign. So Sophia, first of all, thanks for joining me today.
1: Well, thank you, Eric, for having me. I'm excited to be talking to you again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Sophia and I did an Instagram live on her Instagram channel um, a couple weeks ago, and I just, you know, I really enjoyed talking to you and kind of talking about a little bit of my background and, and what I've been up to in this podcast and obviously RFK Jr.'s campaign for president. A lot of people have wanted him to run for a while, so I thought, you know, I want to just keep pushing forward with this and, and talking to people who are paying attention to this and also finding people who can help um, spread this message and explain why it's so, you know, I, t- I said this to Bobby when I interviewed him. I said, you know, man, this is like historic. This is a historic campaign that you're launching. So if you want to just tell the audience, Sophia, a little bit about who you are, uh, what you do and and why you do it.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. So I've had quite an adventurous life so far. I am um, I was born in Massachusetts. And um, eventually my parents traveled with me to Europe, my father's Swiss. Um, and so we basically moved to Switzerland and then on to Germany. And I spent a lot of years there, um, always commuting back and forth between Europe and the US. And I always knew um, that the US was my home base, I needed to be there. So um, I finally for good I came back last year in August and uh, I already had everything set up like my whole company's, all my business was already set up in the US because I'd been transitioning everything over to America um so I'm really really glad to be here in these wild times that we're in I feel like um, it's also my, my calling to be here now and I just hit the ground running completely uh, I just dove straight into some networks that were engaged uh, politically, but also with citizen journalism and things like that. And I, I really believe in, you know, be the change you wanna see. So um, I, I'm, I'm less of a person to, to talk about stuff. I'm, I'm, I just, I love to go into action and then we can talk about, you know, improving things. But my background is, really is is also very interesting. I always ended up in startups. So that seemed to be something where I was called to help. So. Uh, be that in reputation management, marketing, branding, um, sales, uh, but I was I was more like working behind the scenes, helping companies build their 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 structures, their networks, improving. Uh, and and just at one point, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I want to start my own company. So 2009, I started off building my own social network, which was too advanced. It was too far ahead of its time. I was advised as, actually by Silicon Valley people, experts, they said, you hit the nail on the head with with this concept, don't launch, you're gonna be eaten up. So it was kind of like, I've always been ahead of the time. And and that's been a a challenge for me. But on the other hand, I knew the time will come where things will line up. I'll be doing the right thing at the right time and be able to launch that. So I just kept on gathering experience and knowledge and educating myself and understanding how algorithms work, technology works. I mean, many of you probably know the Social Media Dilemma, that documentary, Um, just understanding in a a general sense, also in a spiritual sense, where are we headed? Because spirituality has been partially, on purpose, kept from us. And so um, all of what's happening is no coincidence ancient scriptures is, have talked about these times. I'm proud to be here now and part of what's happening. And we, we met through, um, you know, Bobby, who's running for president um, and that's no coincidence. And I believe like the right people are coming together, but it's just, I feel like I'm called upon to do what I'm here to do and I'm 100% all in. I couldn't be more excited and more dedicated and, and also more aware. Um, of, of, I feel like I've been preparing all my life to be here and doing what I'm doing now. So I'm launching my own platform. It's a startup called findyourmentor.com. It's what the purpose of connecting everybody in the world through knowledge. Um, so if you want, if you feel called upon, go to findyourmentor.com and pre-sign up with your email address. Um, if you want details, contact me. <laughs> then um, I'm a social media expert. I advise companies, um, in and around branding and really understanding in a bigger sense, how to bring everything together. I close the gap between what is your message? Who are you really authentically connecting you really with your brand? And then closing the gap um, from that to the outside world of how are you perceived from outside and creating a a unique and authentic recognition um, factor. That's the other part of what I do. And then I have a um, think tank and incubator where I used to help specifically European, mostly German companies transition over to the US and then set them up with a team and a location. I'm not doing that anymore. That's too much work because right now I'm focused on my startup, um, what we're going to talk about with Bobby. And um, <clears throat> God, uh, protecting our Constitution, <laughs> saving America, <laughs> being mm-hmm. a good mom. <laughs> I have a 12 year old son I'm really proud of. And I just moved to Maryland, so I'm oh, nice. half away away from the half an hour away from, kind of like from DC, which is I don't know why I was placed here, but I'm excited, and and that's basically what what's happening now in my life.
0: Awesome, yeah, it's, <laughs> it sounds like you have a lot of experience and uh, knowledge and know how that can really you know help Kennedy's campaign and help get the message out and connect with our like-minded people. And I don't know if you're feeling this too, but I feel like this is going to be, you know, the Kennedys are always trailblazers and stuff. You know, JFK was the first real TV president. He leveraged that medium so effectively and brilliantly. And I think what we're seeing play out in real time is RFK Jr. is he's, he's hitting the podcasts right now, which I'm loving to see. He's he's, uh, going to be doing Russell Brand's podcast this week. Um, You know, he's doing, yeah, that's going to be awesome and he under he he has his finger on the pulse of where people are listening and paying attention and of course he's doing some legacy media hits um you got to do that you got to go where you, where you where you can and you know they're going to treat you the way they do they we saw what uh i think what was it abc or cbs totally butchered his interview there and um
1: or sean hannity did you see that
0: yeah hannity was a little boorish for my taste yeah. that was a that was a little uh, a little brutal um, but nonetheless, you know, Bobby's going—he's going onto these platforms. He's—he's he's going where people will listen. Um, but I love seeing him hit all these podcasts. You know, of course, I, I feel blessed that he did my podcast, um, and I'm, you know, hoping to do more of those with him throughout the campaign. But he's really leveraging that medium—that people who are engaged and listening and paying attention. Um, so he understands that the effectiveness of it um, and the power. Of, of of just long form conversation, people are so sick and tired of the yelling and the screaming and the, the back and forth and, and cutting people down. Um, so you know, going forward in this campaign, do you think that's that's going to be uh, a really good, effective strategy and, and uh, a winning strategy?
1: Um- let me understand that more a little bit better i'm sorry um i, I need to let my cat in because she i told you she's pregnant and she keeps on oh, really being disrupted yeah,
0: let the cat in <laughs> see see if the cat thinks it's an effective strategy but um yeah no i mean no no
1: no, no. i was i was concentrated but like no, no, what no, kind of strategy like what well, are you being,
0: being willing it's it's really it's grassroots because you're he's going around the corporate structures that are in place that are the gatekeepers of legacy media and traditional media, and he's going to do these podcasts that millions of people are listening and watching. Um, so, well, I, I guess maybe the question answers itself, but I just would like to hear your thoughts on that and yes. how you how you feel it will it will it will play out I mean, for his campaign.
1: I I think I most certainly agree with you. Um, and it it really it really does answer itself because I mean, this is why your role is so important. Um, we're really called upon now. Um, as citizens to step into our duty it's in the constitution it's in the bill of rights we have we have not only citizen rights that need to be protected but we also have a duty as a citizen and it's important that we keep our government accountable the same way we need to keep ourselves accountable and uh, one really important thing is be discerning so when you consume um, information it doesn't matter if it's advertisement or if it's news channels like be careful what you're consuming like go like the, there's that famous quote like follow the money right it's not there for nothing so we i think collectively pretty much most of the people know something's off with media at this point anybody who doesn't know it yet should better catch up or i don't know where they are with their mind but it's really important to understand that our media is not acting in our favor anymore. Why? Because they're bought. It's the same way if you go to Google and you look for something, it's as trustworthy as looking at the labels on your food for ingredients. They're not trustworthy. It's sad, but America, as we said, America is the unhealthiest country in the world. It's really sad. We have work to do. So coming back to your question, um, we need to step up. We need to be our own source of information. We be, need to be discerning. We need to check our, our sources. And uh, what better way to, to, to um, if we have journalists out there that are doing this literally for nothing, like for free, out of desperation to get news out, um, we we have to understand why is that happening? Um, we have a we have a really unique situation. And I think that Bobby's campaign, where all of the campaigns right now, but specifically Bobby's campaign, I don't think there's any campaign ever um, that is confronted with this amount of challenge that he is. Because he's calling out everybody. Everybody. I mean, and I don't even think that he's gotten fully warmed up yet. I don't think we've fully seen what his potential is. And I can already see him slowly relaxing in, in my opinion, in front of the camera. And he also needs to get a feel for what's happening, but this is really, really exciting. We have a high amount of, um, I'm gonna try and use careful words here for the for the sake of, of um, protecting your channel, um, of, of silencing. So, um, we need to maneuver around that, but only for one reason. In my opinion, is to get out to as many people as possible. For all I care, I could be deplatformed. I'm really good at maneuvering algorithms, so I'm not being deplatformed. But um, it's it's really um, easy to be platformed these days if you're not careful. If you use the wrong words, who is filtering us? Who is not letting us? Or who is not wanting us to speak? Right? Why? Why is there a problem with our constitutional rights, with the amendments? Why? Like these questions need to be not only asked but like investigated. and then we need we really need to ask important questions, and we also have to be very demanding of our next president. Like we have to be hyper discerning and demanding. We can't let anything go through um as as far as possible in my opinion.
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's uh it's pretty clear who we can't criticize. Uh before we were rolling here, I was just telling you about the f- the first and only time uh Jackman Radio has ever had a video taken down from, from YouTube was uh, I don't know, a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And we had had on um Mary Holland, who works with children's health defense, uh, with Bobby Kennedy Jr. And we talked about the things you're not supposed to talk about regarding a uh a certain thing that goes into an arm. And uh, within a couple hours, it was a great conversation too, because we went into a lot of nuance and I got to ask her questions um, that I think a lot of people want to ask about someone who has that point of view and perspective. But a lot of the times the process is too muddled and they're too hysterical and too emotional about it. And um, my brother and I just had like a really rational uh, straightforward conversation with her about it, and of course, everything that she talked about and said, we've seen come to pass and has happened and has played out. So I am bummed we lost that interview. It was <laughs> it was a really good one, I and mean, we before we could even grab the audio from it, we <laughs> they they nuked it. So it, it belongs to time now. Um, but you know, people are finding workarounds with that with algorithms, and I got a Rumble channel going now, so I'm excited about that. I I only just got it going really not long before I interviewed, uh, RFK junior and that Mm -hmm. video on rumble has over 6,000 views. So that, that was pretty cool to see. And I only got about 40 followers on rumble right now, just out the gate, but getting, seeing that those numbers and rumble, you know, from what I've heard, people have had really good experiences with it. So, you know, you mentioned like grassroots and people powered media and, and journalism and investigation, and that's, I mean, that's really the only way we're going to find out the truth about things and get real knowledge out there that's not going through a corporate filter, that's not going through a war machine or pharma machine uh, information industrial complex. Because when you're watching MSNBC, you're just watching General Electric's talking points. You're watching the Pentagon's talking points um, and CNN and, and Fox even, you know, to a large extent, even though they like to position themselves as the. Maverick and the outsider channel I mean you know Murdoch has been in the game for 50 60 years you know he's a he's just as much an insider as as all the all the other people are Um, so it it really is conversations like this and it's it's supporting what what RFK Jr. is doing and and even we just saw in the last couple days I mean he's he's out there tweeting right now and, and we talked about this when I sat down with him Um, about it. It's basically people who are willing to accept this cold, harsh reality that the CIA was involved in killing his uncle, JFK, in 1963. And and here's RFK Jr. on some of the biggest platforms saying, yeah, I I, not only do I believe it, I just know that if you will look at it and research this information, that they were involved in it and that those entities have been involved in covering up the assassination for the, the last 60 years since it happened. And you know the Hannity interview last night was a little rough, but he did, to Hannity's credit, he did let uh, RFK Jr. talk a little bit about that, you know, and yes. kind of expound expound on it a little bit. But like he said, it's hard to try to fit this into a little eight minute soundbite. You're talking, you're asking me to talk about something that you know <laughs> thousands of hardcore, serious, strong minded researchers have dedicated their lives into looking into. And then taking that knowledge and wisdom information and putting it into books. And we talked about this before we were rolling, um, these books now that are to me are the Rosetta stones of the assassinations of both RFK and JFK are getting, getting their due. Now they're getting talked about again. And these are sources that RFK junior himself cites as kind of what's got him thinking even more about him and, and learning more about what happened to his uncle and his father. And, um, one of them is JFK and the unspeakable. And uh, this portrait of JFK behind me is the cover art to that right. book.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I always love this portrait or this picture of President Kennedy on the water and kind of looking and brooding and, you know, deeply in reflection and thinking. Um, so I have to say, I, I, I am I am feeling a shift. I'm, I'm feeling like your average normal person who used to make fun of us and, and those of us who actually did dig deeply into these things and research them and care about them um, are actually like, you know, wait a minute, maybe there is something to what you're saying. So are you finding like in your friend circle or your family circle, um, you know, even people within your, your sphere who agree with you, but are those who don't agree with you, what what kind of response are you getting so far from your network well, and your circle?
1: I have a really strong base. I have a really strong surrounding because I'm very authentic and transparent, being diligent and careful. I, I'm not one to step on toes purposefully just to just to hit somebody in the face with something, because, uh, you know, with information, because I believe that we all have our right timing to deal with information. And a lot of this is really heavy. So I don't want to put this in somebody's face, because this can actually be traumatic if you open, if, if you spill too much truth at once, somebody can actually exactly. have like, From a panic attack to uh, burnout uh, or worse and so i'm really respectful with that but but i'm I'm also very authentic and transparent so anybody who wants to understand who i am about will immediately be able to understand my social media presence is is kind of fluffy and fuzzy um it's like it's like it's like cute because uh for the sake of the algorithms that's why so um when I go into a deeper conversation, I can really deep dive. I love to do that. Um, but I don't do it publicly. So, um, I mean, like, um, um, I
0: know what you mean Yeah. Okay, okay, when yeah. you're talking, yeah. When you're talking to friends or family like that, yeah. it's not like, so, not, a, not in a public forum where other people can see yeah. it, but
1: right. So I made a really good, um, reputation for myself when i was uh, the last candidate that i supported we were able to build a really a really good big following um a very peaceful political activist group and so i think that's really what i want to put emphasis on also with building the groups the social media presences for for rfk junior is to focus in on This is a clean group, all trolls, haters, bots, whatever, go somewhere else, collect somewhere else, (laughs) do whatever you think you need to do, but not here because we're really focused in on the message and getting that across in a clean way and pointing to his pages. And this is is his website. I mean, if you go to Google and you try to find his website, you don't find it at the top and you are like, well, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. This is unpre- This is unprecedented. This campaign because um, Google is not his friend, right. so um, as as a lot of other big companies, and so they're not going to put him in pole position, right? Um, so we're we're really up up against odds. And I think it's uh, I think almost coming back to one of your last questions is we need to collect, and we need to to as networks move forward. We need to as a union. We need to. You know, what's really interesting, we, we talk about the um, this whole idea, this concept, which you know many have called a conspiracy theory, and it's turning into conspiracy facts when you investigate, um, which is that there has been a nefarious plan in place for humanity, and um, whatever anybody wants to believe about that or whatever, which has connected you into know, the World Health Organization and the, the other institutions, But when you think about when you tap into that and you look at it from a higher perspective in terms of the plan was to unify the world, let's say for the purpose of control. Right. We can't. I don't think there was any other purpose for that, whatever their whatever their intentions were. But if you flip that because every coin has two sides, what if that's exactly what's supposed to happen, but we use it for the good? We unify. Finally, we come together. That sense of separation and the duality turns into something really amazing. It's like they put, they, they, they've damaged us so severely that at one point, it's like enough is enough. So we have the power. The power is with us because of the numbers, and enough people are awake. And I'm, I truly feel that there's, um, really the heart. This sounds a little crazy. This is just me. And I don't think I'm a unicorn all, you know, like all happy and stuff. Um, I think the time of war is actually over. I think that it's cleanup time. And what we're seeing now is a result of the crumbling and the destruction of the old um, hierarchies. And it's dying out. And it's very painful because we're seeing a lot of things just crash and burn. And it's very hard to look at that because part of what's happening is also loved ones are crashing and burning with it. And that's the really sad and tragic part of it. But at one point when you need change and it's happening collectively all around the world, um, you need to let the old die. And so it's, it's, it's heavy, but I'm not one to say, you know what, I'm just gonna pretend nothing's happening just so you feel cozy. Right. That, we're not going to get anywhere with that. And so we just need to be careful as how to go about that. And what I like about this process is it, it's, it, we can't speed this up. It's already happening in such a severe way that we're having a lot of casualties in the world. We have a lot of, we have suicide rates are so high. They're up 17% in Germany. They're up 30% with women in Germany. Wow. Suicide rates. It's, 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 we're, this is, this is heavy stuff right now, but it's wake up time. It's like, it's go do, go do something time. It's, we had this in the last conversation. It starts with us. It's a, it's a, it's an inside, um, um, it's an inside job game. And that, and I love to look at this also from a spiritual standpoint, because um, a lot of knowledge is lacking ancient wisdom is lacking in today's times. That's why we've lost track of the quality of food, like the real quality of food, the energetic value of food that nourishes ourselves, the the energetic value of water, how nourishing that is or not, and and how how we feed our minds. What have we been feeding our minds with? Look at the advertisement, the media, it's toxic. Garbage. It's garbage. And so if you feed yourself with garbage, you're gonna have garbage inside of you. <laughs>
0: you're gonna be trash fed. You're gonna be made up of. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Well, so, and so, one true. point, it's like, like you're garbage. You're walking garbage can.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Um. So, it, yeah, it's it's uh, and and we can do this together. And it's important to bond together, to come together, and to do it in a way where we're all in this together, and we should all be there for each other and with each other always yeah. excluded, and it doesn't matter where you're coming from, what religion, or what stance, or what gender, it's we're all in this together. On some level, we all have challenges and we all have our baggage,
0: exactly. Well, it's part of our human condition for sure, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, very well said. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think I call the last three years the flu world order. That's something my uncle presented to me <laughs> at, at the at the, uh, at the outset of it, and like. This had to have been late March or early April of 2020. So this was early when all the nonsense was kicking off. And, you know, my brother and I and and some of my family are are very, uh, you know, we we pay close attention to what's going on and have always been very hyper vigilant and aware of things. And uh, we decided we were going to go out to a restaurant, be damned. You know, we didn't care what. The TV was, I mean, we don't don't watch TV and you talk about garbage. The TV is just exists to keep us stupid and scared. Um, You know, I figured that out quite a long time ago, but um, we didn't care about the peer pressure, about the fear campaign, the propaganda. And uh, we went out to one of our favorite Chinese restaurants and we sit down. The place was empty. We were like the only patrons there and we sit down and it's, it's, this is weird. You know, it's just, it's weird. The whole thing was so weird. Um, and my uncle just looks at me and he goes, how about this fucking flu world order? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that is so succinct and so brilliant. And, mm-hmm. and, and if that doesn't just sum up what they're doing here to us right now, you know, what, what, what they're unleashing on us. And you talked about like the two sides of the coin and that what they did, they, they went so far with it. And, and so reaching into our lives and our existence and every aspect of culture and society that it did actually wake some people up. It, it did actually grab some, some people who aren't normally tuned into what's going on to, to, to step back a little bit and ask themselves, what the hell is this? What, what, <laughs> who's doing this? You know Where did it come from? And what are their end goals here? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you saw a lot of people get involved uh, who were not involved before whether it's locally in politics um, or just getting out into the streets, protesting, flexing our first amendment rights, um, that sort of thing. Um, So, I mean, when it all broke out, were you over in Germany or were you here stateside?
1: Good question. I mean, Ooh, how am I going to say this? Um, I was pink pilled (laughs) as a teenager girl. Um, my family was always—we never—I grew up without a TV, without a radio. So I, I, I was from an early stage on. I was educated into reading mm-hmm. and getting sources of information um, that were that were clean and, and just yeah. decisive. So my father was always very much in the investigating the background of politics, and I probably heard too much already as a teenager and as a child um for for what would have been considered normal because i just you know i eavesdropped and and so i heard a lot of things that were very controversial at that point nobody was talking about that today everybody's talking about and so i kind of grew up with that and then i think my full-on like okay i'm gonna go into this myself started in 2012 and and then it got really interesting in 2016 when WikiLeaks documents leaked and they have like a hundred percent accuracy rate, um, so far. Um, and uh, I was like, I was shocked and I said, How can I mean, how can not everybody be on this and uh, just investigate for themselves? And then I was, um, in I started commuting regularly, like every couple of weeks between Germany and the US in 2000. 15 i think and then in 2016 it got really rough politically and so i was like here and i was there and i could see how the media was reporting two opposite things it was ridiculous it's like you wouldn't even know what was going on if you if you didn't have that ability to be in both countries at the same time
0: Mm. so
1: it was it was wild and i was um hearing things in america that that i was not hearing in germany so it was really cool to tap into that and the the way that I was informing myself really was social media, because that's where people are really speaking their mind. And it wasn't as heavily censored back then. And then doing my investigative work and connecting to journalists. Fun fact, journalists in the pandemic were turning to professional tarot card readers to get information because they were lost. Something really? that journalists are not talking about. Yep. Yeah. So um yeah, that's very interesting. Anyway, I was just thinking of that. So I was I was really tapping into certain um like free journalists who who were sharing what they were investigating and and, and stuff and then um just doing my own research and yeah, 2016 was wild and I had a feeling America just got a jolt like an electric shock in 2016 <laughs> with the WikiLeaks leaks. Yeah. Um that was yeah. I don't know how you experienced that. Like, did you, did you kind of die? Cause it was, I sometimes really had to pull myself out because it was, it was yeah. awful.
0: Yeah. Um, so you mentioned your dad was kind of always tuned into things and kind of spoke truthfully about things and didn't accept mainstream narratives. Um, yeah. I grew up in that environment too. I mean, my parents were not like overtly political people really, um, but they had a real, sus- they were not susceptible to propaganda and bullshit. Um, and my uncles are the same way. I'm very close. My, my dad, um, has five brothers and I am very close with all of them still am all my uncles and they, you know, would just tell me about stuff that was going on and questions they had about, you know, both Kennedy assassinations, um, the wars, the Iraq war, you know, the Iraq war was raging and breaking out when I was a freshman and sophomore in high school. And I had, we had the military in our cafeterias recruiting, wanting to get young kids and yeah. get you to sign up to go over 8,000 miles away and kill people, you know, go murder people 8,000 miles away for, for what? Yeah. Um, so I always, I always had that kind of rebel. My brother and I were rebels in that sense when it came to information and knowledge and not buying what the mainstream was selling and Putting out and beating us over the head with. You know, I have very clear memories of uh, um, Tom Ridge as the first Homeland S- Security Secretary with his blinking lights. You know, the charts he would have there terror, terror alert level is severe today. It's mildly severe today. It's, so, it's, it's like it's, temperature. It's, it's somewhat severe today. Yeah. So you'll have mild constipation, semi mild constipation, <laughs> and then really bad constipation. And I just, even as a young kid, I was like, I don't know, 14 or 15. I just I, I saw right through that bullshit. Mm. And, and I just I couldn't for the life of me understand not only my, my peer, well, you could understand your peers, but like the adult other adults around me in the community, like teachers, administration, other peers, parents and stuff. They were they were like in a like in a haze. Uh, yes, like hypnotic. Her. They were hypnotized early yes. war on early war on terror. And my brother and I were like, you guys not seeing the bullshit, the, the lies that were being sold here about Iraq and weapons of mass destruction? And how 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 is this not so obvious to you that this is a scam? So, you know, that was 20 years ago when I was 15, yeah. 16 years old. And I'm not trying to, to, like Trump says, I'm not even trying to be braggadocious, Sophia, okay? <laughs> I'm not like trying to brag here or say I'm a know-it-all um, but I'm now having conversations with people who remember 20 years ago who were in my life and were like, dude, you know, we thought you were crazy back then and we thought what you were saying was un-American and, and now it, everything has come to pass and it turns out you were right about that. So I, I think I'm ready to pay attention to what you research and yeah. and, ha- and what you know about the world and what kind of knowledge you want to share with other people. So that, that's that been like really humbling and Gratifying, and it makes me feel really good, you know, that a lot of people are coming around right now, and they're finally open to reality, or moving past the taking the blinders down and clearing the fog out of their eyes and their brain, and realizing that the United States is is probably the most propagandized country in the whole planet, you know, to ever exist, and it's in done
1: every way. Health-wise, that's right. Mind-wise, right. emotionally, completely, utterly, like it's almost like why is this country? And it's really interesting if you think about how unique America actually is. What do we have that is you can find nowhere in the world? It's the Constitution. We there's nothing like what we oh, have here in America. And America's we're,
0: so beautiful. It...
1: And and it's interesting how we as a as a leading innovative very pioneering spirited country are targeted so heavily as if we're like we're the golden nugget like what's up with 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 wanting to destroy america
0: yeah no we I, i i there's not a day that doesn't go by where i feel so blessed and thankful that i am an american i was born here i got to grow up here i have all those protections and guarantees and rights simply because i was born in massachusetts um, and I'm, and I'm an American citizen and I don't take it for granted for one day. And that's that's why it's so important to fight for it. And it's so important to stand up to these forces, these gangsters, these cartels that have come in here and taken over or trying to take over our country and mess with our system and mess with our way of life. Scare everybody, turn everybody into feeble, small, you know, lab rats that are here just to consume and spend money and work and spend money and consume and just do it in a cycle. And not ever come up for air and look around and ask what the hell is actually going on. Um, but a lot of people are starting to do that. And and I, I feel like the last three years, the flu world order uh, ha- has woken a lot of people up to that.
1: Well, maybe because the America is also in a sense of is it the youngest basically the youngest country yeah. in the world?
0: You got to be one of the younger games in town. I mean, we're coming yeah. up on uh, 246 Seven years, so we'll have we'll have our two fiftieth coming up. We're in what, very four years? yeah,
1: we're very young, so that yeah. means that. So maybe because we're the wild, basically compared to other countries, still the wild, wild west. It was possible to actually come and hijack us, basically, you know, come in and um, do the Trojan horse thing with us. And I think that's maybe one of our that was our blind spot. And so it's a learning curve, and I think we're going to come out better and stronger. Um, I wanted to mention something um, that I, I have some some notes that I wanted to share. So one of them was um, just to portray how desperate Americans are <laughs> to get a better president into office. Do you know how many in the FEC, you can look this up. So I think it's FEC.org. How many people have filed for to, to run for president right now throughout all parties? Guess how many?
0: I mean, I know it's pretty high every year. Uh, or every four years for president, it's it's probably between three and five hundred.
1: Wow, wow, that's really good. It's it's eight hundred and five.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: So we have, interestingly enough, we have. Uh, so the numbers are also interesting. We have, I think, Trump is at eighteen million. We have Castro. I don't know who he is. He's running in the Republican Party. He has forty million. Then Biden has twelve. And then we have an, other very interesting candidates in the, uh, in the Republican Party that are not very known who have entered around. One has almost the same as Biden. So we have some really interesting contestants. But he's like, my freaking neighbor could be running for president right now because he's so desperate. I mean, it's like basically over six per state now who are running. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is the beauty of our system, 35 years old and a resident of the United States, uh, what is it, 15 years? I'd have to go back and check the specifics. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, even a place like New Hampshire here where I live, uh, the entry barrier to get on the ballot is very minimal. I think you pay.
1: 5,000, I think.
0: Yeah, it might be. Yeah, it might be five grand. I'd have to double check what it is. But you pay a fee Mm -hmm. and then you you get on the ballot and Mm -hmm. then you can come here and you can campaign in the state of 1.2 million people. And uh, it's, it's a free market uh, battle royale of ideas, mm-hmm. which is awesome, which is why we want to keep the New Hampshire primary first, which I have to tip my hat to Mr. Kennedy for speaking out uh, about and really telling the Democratic Party that, hey, man, you can't mess with this. This is a valued tradition. And uh, the people of New Hampshire pay very close attention to what's going on. So um, but yeah, it, it's also it can be tricky and hard, though, because we do we do get fire hose with information. And if you if the hose that is pumping that info from you is coming from a toxic dump and you don't know about it, I mean, you're getting buried and it's going to take you a lot of work and time and energy and effort to get your head above water and realize that the information that you thought was good information and was real was actually uh, garbage and propaganda. And that's that's part of the game and the system that they have. They're brilliant. You know, they're brilliant at it. They have it in subtle ways and then they have it right in your face. And they have they they speak to our subconscious. You know, when you're watching movies, I like to always look for product placement in movies. Right. And then I like to look who funded that movie. Um, and then what was their angle in their agenda with this two-hour loud movie that I went to see for $12 at the theater. <laughs> what, what were they trying to batter into my consciousness, you know, which kind of sucks because movies are just meant, they should just be meant to entertain us and let us escape for a couple hours. But But that's why
1: they build in all these things, because we're relaxed. We're like in happy hour and we're not we don't have our guards up. We're
0: in a fine state of suggestion. That's why
1: that's why Facebook is so fascinating, because everybody basically on Facebook is in happy hour and they propagate (laughs) Facebook as this uh, just hang out and connect with friends thing.
0: Yeah.
1: But The algorithms are doing something completely different with us.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, so, it's all weaponized. Yeah, they're they're yeah. they're psyop on us 24 seven 365, and a lot of people don't even know it. it. There's they do just such a brilliant job at it. And if you're not like if your guard is not up and your antennas are not up to that, you're just going to be a product of that your whole whole existence. And it's sad to me to see a lot of people like that. You know, they're they're not even aware of mm. of, of how demoralized and victimized they are by this by this system
1: there's a really famous quote i love to use that because it it, you really have to think about this um we don't see the world as it is we see the world as we are so what does that mean right so it's our it it, based on our conditioning we're going to actually through our filters we're going to see the world the way so Think about how we've been conditioned. Coming back to the garbage can me- metaphor, <laughs> ta- yeah. metaphor, and sometimes I have my German and English mixed you up. Got the,
0: the Deutsch is still going.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> so if you have your system is clogged up with everything that you that you were forced to swallow, um, then you're gonna the way you see the world is you don't have a lot of space within you to be discerning enough to actually question what's out there. Cause you're just, your system is clogged and probably yeah. your pineal gland too, based on certain things that I don't want to say here, cause we're going <laughs> to, we're going to threaten algorithms. Oh, um,
0: algorithms. Can, you can co- code it a little bit if you think it'll trip the wire. Yeah. So,
1: s- so for, for example, the, the waters. Um, so there's certain countries in the world and you can go on Google. You can actually find this on Google, which is great. So you, you go and you search for the countries in the world that have fluoridated water. And so then you investigate and it's really difficult to investigate this because it's a really intelligent setup. So what happens when um, we've been sold so many things that are supposedly healthy for us, right? And we have the country in the world that's the unhealthiest, right? So all of that are probably not lies, of course not. So you look at the countries that have fluoridated water and then you look at the political presence and the presence of the media. And Murdoch is not just present in the US. So it's if you start connecting dots, it gets really interesting. And so um, other countries have a lot of things that are already forbidden. We have things in our food in America that you just look, just take a Heinz ketchup bottle, look in the ingredients, compare one in Canada and compare one in the US. It's just go over mm. the border, buy a Canadian wow. ketchup and look at the ingredients, it's scary. Wow. One is pumped with sugar and the other is pumped with tomatoes <laughs> as a yeah. main ingredient. It's like, how did this happen? Why? Yeah. Obviously it's, it's, it's so that's with everything in the U S. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: they're insidious. They're insidious what they do. And, and when you, uh, have you seen the movie, they live John Carpenter's, they live? No. Oh, I gotta, it's, it's, it's actually a really good movie. I'm
1: going to write this down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They live. It's from the eighties. Um, and in that movie, it basically hit the thesis is that there's a you know a species from another frequency or another realm that's taken over the planet you know they're reptilians whatever you want to call them and people get these certain glasses that they can put on and when you put the glasses on, you see who all the reptiles are from the <laughs> other galaxy and really? you lo- and you look at billboards that say like you know travel uh, book your trip now or buy this TV and then when you put the glasses on it's in black and white and it says obey you're our slave listen to us do as you're told um so it shows the real inversion of reality and and john carpenter just does it in such a kick-ass 80s sci-fi uh way the, the wrestler roddy piper is the lead in that movie and he's just so badass in the movie um so they live i definitely uh you'll have to watch that sophia and then we can we can podcast again and i'd love to get your review on it but I just, I, I feel a lot of times we live, we live in that that world, that stuff that's advertised to us that a lot of people don't even think twice about. So, you know, I go back to thinking about the military being in my school, in my high school as a kid. Um, why wasn't the Peace Corps, why didn't the Peace Corps have a table at my high school? Why wasn't there representation for groups that were counter to war and conflict and, and killing people? I didn't see any of that. I, I Plenty of... Uh, stuff for the military and sign up and serve your country and be proud and fight the war on terror and don't forget 9-11. And um, it's just like been on a hellish uh, nightmare loop since 9-11 happened. And I don't know. I just for well, I do know why, but it it could be very it was isolating for a while to view all of that going on around me the way that I did and and, and how I felt about it and what I felt in my heart and my mind to be true about it um and now here we are 20 years later and there's a lot of veterans of that war who were my age a couple years older who were missing limbs who have ptsd uh 22 soldiers a day who commit suicide they're addicted to drugs their families and lives are broken and uh all of that could have been avoided if we just had some people tell the truth if we had some if we had some people stand up if we had um People take take a take a stand and say unpopular things when it needed to be said. Exactly. So that that's why I'm doing what I'm doing right now and I use the platform that I have to do it and why I wanna promote people like you and connect with voices who are not afraid to say things and, and not afraid to go there and challenge the system. So I mean we're really we're really seeing RFK Junior like he's the tip of the spear in this right now. And and it's it's been it's been kind of like insane in a good way and mind boggling just in this last week to see the stuff that he's he's saying on these big platforms, like
1: incredibly courageous, call,
0: calling yeah. them out, putting them, putting yeah. them on blast for everyone to see.
1: He was asked, he said, are you afraid of that? What's what happened to you is going to like what happened to your uncle and your father is going to happen to you? And he said he's aware of it. But he said, you know, what's much worse for me then losing my life is losing my freedom. And so we need to put this into perspective. And if there's nobody that's gonna show up for us, literally nobody, it's us, we need to show up for us. And that's how you, that's basically how you should handle life in my perspective. You need to love yourself first. You need to show up for yourself first. It's like the oxygen mask in the plane. You really need to understand who am I? What is it that makes me happy? And go after that and really be understanding of, I have this amazing body. It's a miracle the way our bodies work. And our our immune system is actually a real thing. It's not a conspiracy theory.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Immune (laughs) systems are very real, Sophia. (laughs) A strong immune system with Diet Coke is what saved me. It's what saved me. Um, (laughs) Plenty of aspartame. Lots of aspartame. Um, it's yeah. so true. It's so true. And, uh, you know, um, it's, it's, it's not hard to just speak the truth. It's really not hard. If you've done your due diligence and done your homework, um, you know, you can speak honestly about things and when people are ready to listen or are ready to check it out, they will.
1: And I think, I think people are ready because the suffering is a, has come to a point where enough is enough. And that's my feeling. I, I wanted, I found something a couple days ago, and the source disappeared, uh, basically overnight. And I've been looking for it since. And I'm trying to. I'm going to try and code this because I think it's it's important to code this. But you might be able to, or you might know more about this than I do. It's the. Um. So D. What do I see? Um. DNS. <laughs> institution behind the democratic party you know what i mean not the dns it's the number in the alphabet the dn number c uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the third yeah so i'm trying to I, I don't know how to say this so anyway so um there was a there was a um a lawsuit and had to do with um elections and fraud So basically they were pulled to court and I don't know who knows, like, I would love to hear comments on this, but so they, they were, um, it was this big lawsuit and they basically in the, in the fine print, um, they say, what are you coming after us for? We're very transparent and we're, we're very open. We're a company. We have every right to do whatever we want with the money that's given to us, and with the candidates running. We're allowed to choose who we want. And this is coming from me who's like, I am full in with with Bobby. I mean, um, if you're interested in what he's doing, go to Facebook, look for our group. It's um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. 2024 for president. So go there, we have uh, ongoing 2000 members and we're pointing to all of the sources and it's a really super clean group. That being said, and this is the million dollar question that he was just asked by Kim Iverson, is what happens when what we saw happen to Bernie Sanders happens to you, what are you gonna do? That's the million dollar question. And it's a really important question. And, and and for us, it's like, that's not even a question. Of course, you know, like, of course we want to we want him to do or to not do something. But it was about what his response was. And so this is for me the most important thing on the one hand to to um like to be aware of, on the other hand. Also, for me, I had to make that decision really early on is, do I trust that he has what it takes to make the right decision when the time's right? And we for sure do not understand his strategy. I really believe that he has a strategy that we don't know anything about. We have so many different things going on in the world and so many hands are being played and they're not, being, they're not showing their strategy. And I think that with, with, uh, with Bobby, there is also strategy in place that we know nothing about. And there's probably connections in the background between the parties because we're we've been played by both parties and it's a and 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 the democratic party why doesn't anybody understand the democratic party is not about democracy it has nothing to do with democracy it's also been hijacked 100 percent, completely right and so it's you know it's like we need to understand anyway so this this lawsuit um they basically got away with it and they said you can't sue us. It's in the fine print. We're we're a company, and as a company, we can do whatever we want. If you give us money, we can decide what we do with the money. Thanks, by the way. Basically, yeah. 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 And Thanks, so here suckers. we are complaining. Yeah, we're we're here. We are complaining that we're not getting the candidates we want, but the boss of the company is like, no, we already had plans from the beginning for this.
0: Yeah, you. So gonna... What's going
1: to happen with Bobby?
0: Right, I know, and I'm getting that question a lot, and. I would like to, I mean, I love what Ron Paul did in 2012. I worked on his campaign here in New Hampshire in 2012. And when he got out of the race and it was Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan, Ron Paul didn't endorse Mitt Romney. He, uh, he, he said, you know, he held a press conference, the National Press Club, and he said, here are a bunch of third-party options. Vote for one of these guys. That was awesome. You know, aside, outside of Ron Paul mounting an independent campaign on his own, which we know is, that's, a, that's tough. Ballot access, fundraising, you know, not have, not being with a party. Um, outside of doing that, that was like the best thing he could have done. He, he elevated the other voices who were in the race, who were getting the shaft, and said, take a look at these guys. Um, it was, uh, you know, Jill Stein, Gary Johnson, um, Chuck Baldwin, I think, or may, may have been in that time, but it was like three or four other lesser known party candidates who all had great ideas. Mm. I mean, I, I ended up voting for Gary. Well, Gary Johnson in 2012 as a libertarian nominee. Um, but I, I knew Gary and I had worked on his campaign early in 2012 um, before he dropped out. And then I joined Ron Paul's campaign. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You know, um, I, I, I'm glad to see Dennis Kucinich is playing a very big role Mm -hmm. in uh, Bobby's campaign because I've known Dennis for years and I've only known him to be a man of integrity and a man of courage um, and to be an honorable man who has spoken inconvenient truths. So I'm glad, I'm glad to see that, you know, he's going to be helping steer the ship of that campaign. And he knows our political system. He knows how rotten the democratic party is. He's, he's operated within it for, his whole career you know starting as mayor well starting with the cleveland city council and then becoming the youngest uh, mayor of a major city of cleveland when he was i don't even know if he was 30 yet maybe barely 30 years old um and then obviously his uh six terms i think he was in congress for six terms so bobby he's got some good people around him and we know he's got good sense and he's sharp but of course he knows he knows the the, the game and how rotten and corrupt.
1: playing it for, I mean, he was born into it.
0: He was, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make to people is mm-hmm. that this is why he is a unique figure because he is from the inside. But, and this is what people loved about Trump. Trump has always had a ticket to the party. He was born with a ticket to the party, just like RFK Jr. was. But Trump said, said things that were just so off the beaten path and so outrageous, <laughs> but were so true. But we're so true in twenty sixteen when he ran, ran as the outsider and was up on that debate stage with Lock Caesar. her up. <laughs> yeah, we said, we said, Sophia, we should lock her up. I get in there, we're gonna lock her up, okay? And then it didn't happen. And people are like, Trump, what happened? He's like, Oh, that was something we said during the campaign. It was fun, but we're not gonna do it, okay? Let's be nice to Hillary, okay? She's endured a lot. Um, yeah, poor woman. But Bobby is doing that. He's he from the inside view he's had, he's just I mean, just the story he told me about coming home the day his uncle was killed and seeing his father walking the grounds of Hickory Hill um, with, you know, one of the top guys at the CIA, if not the CIA director, you know, asking him, hey, did one of your guys do this? You know, just hearing that anecdote come from him. There's no other figure in national American national politics who has Mm -hmm. that insight, who has that experience, who has that historical connection to our country. You know the Kennedys are interwoven into the fabric of America's history, for better or for worse. They're
1: the closest we can we we can come to to what we don't have royalty in America, but what you could call oh.
0: royalty. Oh, they're American political royalty, 100%. Yeah. I have yeah, I have no problem. I mean that's the reality of them, and he knows that. You know he he knows the great privilege and the access he was born into, so that that's why I'm just so excited about it because he's. He doesn't give a shit. I mean, about the, all that, you know, it's great. He's lived that life. He's done that. He just wants to tell the truth now. Yeah. So he's
1: definitely not in it for, for the, um,
0: he has all the money. He has yeah. all the privilege, all the access. He's been all over the world. He knows people all over the world. He's, he's a guy who's done it all.
1: Yeah. He basically everywhere he goes, I think he pretty much walks into open doors.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, he's yeah. yeah you're, you're born at Kennedy. I mean, you have every advantage. Um, but you also got to look at what he's done with the last 40 years of his life. Mm-hmm. You know, what he's used his power, and his influence and his affluence for.
1: My favorite. What's what's your favorite quote of Kennedy right now? Can you think of anything off the bat?
0: Well, I mean, the one where he he uh, I think when he was on Tucker Carlson and he said, "My my uncle was killed in a coup 60 years ago and this this republic has never recovered since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you?
1: I think I like best um um I've been fighting to get mercury out of fish for the last, what is it, twenty-five or forty years, something like that. And I was never called anti-fish.
0: Anti-fish, right? <laughs> I know. It's
1: hilarious. Like I know. it puts it puts it into perspective of oh, of it... his so-called bad reputation with being an anti thing.
0: Yeah. I I yeah. wanted to ask you that, Sophia. What what how do you respond to people? Cause I'm dealing with it now a lot and I'm, I prepared for it, but I, I'm interested to hear another person who's well read on this and, and pretty plugged in. Like when they just come right at you with, Oh, isn't he anti V you know, so what do you do with that?
1: Um, well, I'm surrounded by people flocking now toward our, you know, toward this, this, this Bobby campaign who are already open to this so that more and more people right. are just informed. But, I mean, I've had a lot of conversations throughout the past three years, obviously, as we all have. Um, One of my friends um, in Germany said, well, I really want to ask you, Sophia, um, my job wants to force me to get this thing here. What would Mm -hmm. you do? And I said, honestly, like my full opinion. And I was living in the fourth on the fourth floor. And I said, I'd rather jump out this window Mm -hmm. than get it. And she's (laughs) like, really funny. Why? And I said, because I know what will happen. If I get this I don't know what will happen wow. and so I said just to put things into perspective next week we met again and she said well I got it and I'm like okay all right so, and then she got another one and, and then she got the B, and um she's basically sick every month uh-huh. it's really sad so I mean if people want to investigate it's all out there you can't hide from it anymore so i think that people yeah. that don't want to look into this people it's interesting i experienced people going to get it they were not very open to invest uh, to 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 opinions of others they would either get it or they wouldn't even this woman she asked my opinion but she did what she she wanted anyway so it was either yes or no and the people also who are now um wanting to inform themselves they're, if they're in resistance, I don't think I can inspire them to go look at it because it's all out there. You can't hide from this. And so people who come at me, I'm like, I'm in the wrong address because I can come with so many facts that it, you, you won't be able to argue with me because I just, I have a bucket load of facts that, but so what are we actually talking about here? Are you here to hate, to debunk because it's yeah. all out there actually. You don't have to come to me to investigate. And so if you come to me then I'm gonna tell you what I think but I don't think that's why you're you're coming at me with this. So I, I I experience it's it's more like if if somebody comes at me, I feel like it's often because they're angry, they want to hate on you or something else I'm like you know what I'm just gonna duck
0: mm, let like that, that arrow
1: fly by and like bye I, like that.
0: I, like that. I
1: don't want to waste energy I want to, no. I want to use my energy. To focus on the people who want help, who are open, who want to be informed, and strengthen right. that within within our community, and wow. do good that way.
0: That's beautiful. That that that's redirection of that energy is kind of how I dealt with it the last three like years. judo.
1: I need to close the door here. Sorry.
0: Okay. <laughs> the cat. The cat's acting up. <laughs> it's the pregnant cat, Sophia. She, she's. <laughs> She's having a tough time. She's having a tough time. You, you asked
1: me, you asked me at the beginning, and I, I know, I think we're like already an hour in, but you asked me fine. about my experience with, um, um, I don't know if I have to code this, like the, the Democratic Party when I was supporting, Well, yeah. I don't know if we should bring it up or not.
0: No, we can, we can talk about it. I think it's fine. So yeah, you had mentioned, I think in our very first phone call, when we talked on the phone, you said that. Uh, because of campaign activity you did in 2016, mm-hmm. that you were you were sued by lawyers who were representing.
1: I, I wasn't sued. I didn't let it come that far. It worked, okay, um, yeah, was legal, I didn't
0: want it. Legal action was threatened against you from people representing the Clintons in the DNC. So yeah, if whatever you can say about that, tell me a little bit about. I'm very curious about that.
1: It's very brief. So I got really excited, and then I didn't know enough. Yet, about I, I didn't know that it was a corporation back then that could do whatever they wanted, otherwise, I would have never supported her because I'm like, I would love to, but it doesn't make sense. So, um, I I, I, I was um, a huge supporter of Jill Stein, I was like her number one fan, and then I, I, I it became this whole grassroots in, movement in 2016? No, uh, Jill Stein,
0: 12. uh, because she wrote she ran twice, she ran in 2012 and 2016. She was the Green Party nominee in both those cycles.
1: Now I'm confused <clears throat> how long of a, of a space I had between supporting Jill Stein and then Marianne Williamson. But I, I uh, Jill Stein actually said she's just running in the in the Green Party because she needs an, um, a neutral party. And I'm like, wow, I mean, there's a lot to catch up on with the Green Party. I mean, it's if you're talking about the German Green Party, they're really set up. But yeah. here in the US, the Green Party was nothing. And so I remember she forgot to post. So anyway, I built this team, the social media grassroots team, graphic designers, experts, whatever
0: for Jill Stein.
1: Yeah. And she had forgotten to set up an event that she was hosting in Brooklyn live event on her. She had it on her website, but she didn't have it on social media. She didn't have the setup yet. So that's basically what we, we were getting organized. And I said, guys, we have 19 hours. We have to get this event out. And we had 24,000 people sign up for the event 19 hours later. And so that's the power that we have on social media. So I then, with that experience, I transferred that over to Marianne Williamson. And in the first debate, um, she was the top most Google candidate in the world. Then her cybersecurity guy got back to me. Um, he, he's now retired um he was so pissed off by what happened to me that he basically fired himself um after trying to get me over to meet her in person um and i I couldn't come that first debate because he said something's wrong here so in the green party i experienced jill stein's campaign sabotaging um our grassroots activities and my conclusion was um that they were jealous of our success they, they were not capable enough. Jill Stein didn't understand how to build a proper team. So the same thing was starting to happen with Marianne Williamson. She had a, she had a, I'm sorry, she had a shitty team. But what I didn't understand yet, that it was supposed to be shitty. She wasn't supposed to win. I didn't know it back then. So when we were too successful, um, our graphic designer was better than theirs. Like everything was just better and um i was then threatened by a lawyer that i traced back to um uh hillary clinton and i was um informed by my lawyer it was a cease and desist immediate and he Mm. said so this is no joke you better drop this immediately and he said who am i where are they going after me i'm not a political person like i'm not threatening anybody What, what what is it with me that they that they think but i was getting. Um, I was getting journalists were contacting me. I didn't take any of the interviews. I mean, the, what I'm doing now is is something I've never done before. Um, so, um, anyways, I had to drop that. And then after that, she was basically taken out. And then she endorsed, you know, who she endorsed. Um, and the front runner. It's like you know, you have like that main um, artist on stage, and then you have the <laughs> what are the warm up bands. That's basically how I call it with the with oh, the Democratic gosh, Party. You have the warm up bands and those that was Bernie.
0: That the opening was, act.
1: Yeah, the opening act. And then everything's already planned out. Just the pawns didn't know anything about it. And I was one of those pawns. And after being threatened, I was so disillusioned um in in how bad it was. It was so it was rotten to the core. And I'm like, I don't even want to. This is it disgusted me, it shocked me to the point where I had I didn't do anything political anymore until now when I heard John F. Kennedy's running for president. It I heard like cannonballs go off in my head and I said, This is the calling. This is it. I have to step up again. So I guess all of that training was necessary for me to say, you know what? We built the most successful, fast-growing group with William, uh, with Marion Williamson. It was super clean. It was awesome. People flocked there. They said, we love it. There are no haters. There's nothing negative going on. This is not an anti-other-candidate group that we're building. This is a pro-Kennedy right. group.
0: Right, right, positive. It.
1: So easy, yeah. And so um, that experience was horrifying. I mean, yeah. it was really horrifying because I'm like, Oh, this is, this is how it's done. And then, you know, we're experiencing all of the things that were going on in and around Hillary Clinton at that time where people were disappearing from her campaign and people who are surrounding her were just found dead. And I'm like, yeah. this is really serious business.
0: Yeah. The Clintons are, uh,
1: don't mess with them.
0: It's called Arkansas Sophia. I talk about it. I talk about it on Infowars all the time. It's called Arkansas folks. You can Google this. There's a trail of bodies that's longer than the Titanic behind the Clintons. <laughs> I, I got the documents. No, if you, yeah, if you're willing to look at that, and we could do a whole episode on that. Um, yeah, the Clintons are they're they're a cartel. I call them the Clinton cartel, and um, <sighs> you know they're, they're they're nasty people. They're psychopaths, and um, they're really just they've gotten their hands dirty, and they reach they reach the what? pinnacles of power in U.S. politics for a reason. What,
1: Eric? Why is Marion Williams running again after what she went through? Why she must that's, be so much more intelligent? I don't get it.
0: Que- that's a good question. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, she's uh, she's saying things that need to be said that other people aren't saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really, I think she. I don't know. She's hovering at nine or ten percent right now. Bobby's going into the twenties. I would. I would just. I'd like to just see Bobby in the running. You know, obviously, I want debates and I want to see them all up there debating. But we know Biden and company aren't going to. The mafia, the DNC mafia, is not going to allow that. Um,
1: what? What? What would you? May I ask you if you were to decide right now who to vote for? And I don't know if you want to say that, but who would it be right now?
0: With, with the people who are running? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, RFK, you know about, yeah, yeah b- Bobby. Yeah, no, no question about it. I mean, what would be your right,
1: second choice? Well.
0: Right now, in the running, people who are declared candidates and actually running, I'm I'm fine with Bobby or Trump being president in 2024. Yeah. You know, because as my friend Ryan says, we're so far in our own end zone with how bad shit, be shit has. been.
1: If something happens to Bobby, gotten, it's, it's
0: yeah. yeah. Well, put put Trump in there for another four years because he won't have to worry about a reelection campaign, and he might be able to do some things that he had talked about doing or wanted to do that we kind of hoped he would have done in his first term uh like pardoning or helping Julian Assange. Uh you know, pardoning He's whistleblowers.
1: Tr- Trump is not willing to do that.
0: Right. I know no. I'm saying things we hope he would have done.
1: Oh, oh because yeah, yeah,
0: he, he yeah. spoke so fa- he he spoke so favorably of WikiLeaks when it helped him in twenty sixteen. Sure. And I remind hardcore MAGA people, I'm like, guys Trump would not be in the White House if it wasn't for Julian Assange and WikiLeaks and what they exposed. I mean, oh. I remember seeing Trump at rallies holding up papers. I love Willie Leaks. She called it like Willie Leaks. I love Willie Leaks. <laughs> These guys are—they're incredible, <laughs> Sophie. I love the Willie Leaks. Oh. I love them. Okay, the Willie—the Willie Leaks. It sounds like something coming oh. out of Bill Clinton's desk, quite frankly. But I love them. Okay, <laughs> I love—I love the Willie Leaks. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, Trump is—he's uh, very much in the game. And he's a gangster and you know he's 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 been on been in the game for a while but he just he is different in that he said and, and did did things that are were just so outside of of uh what we were so used to and accustomed to and i loved uh him meeting with rocket man in north korea i thought that was a high point of his presidency um and the first sitting u.s president to go meet with a north korean leader and i know there's you know tens of millions of people on the korean peninsula know. who appreciated that meeting too so that that's the kind, that's the stuff i love about trump like oh. i'm not in, i'm not in love with the people he had around him i'm not in love with um, you know becoming pfizer's biggest salesman you know there, there, we can you're not going to agree well, with someone the question someone. is
1: how and in what way did he know everything did he have all the facts or was he like
0: that's it, Sophia, that that yeah. goes back to the people you put around you and that, that are going to be advising you on things. You got to have good people. And, and this is why I prefer Bobby over Trump right now, because that dude understands how our agencies work, how to staff oh. them, the bureaucracy. He's been involved in litigation with him. He knows the ins and outs of them. And he knows people in all of these industries and, and he knows people who have knowledge, who have more knowledge than he does. That's the mark of a good leader. You're intelligent, but you can recognize people who have more wisdom and intelligence in the field that you don't, but you also know that they're going to do the right thing. So that's that's what I get from Bobby. That's, what I, that's how I see him staffing the government um, and putting the right people in places, not putting a former Monsanto CEO or leader in charge of agriculture, not doing that, not putting a Federal Reserve Bankster in charge of overseeing Wall Street or, you know. <laughs> any kind of regulatory position. And for he's our not
1: ego driven. He has a natural authority. He's not. He doesn't have to be up front first. I don't even think he 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 doesn't have that need, which makes him so. He's not needy for that position in any way or or form, and that makes it so. Yeah. It, it's so he's it's relaxed to watch him, and it's so important for the people to just listen. Don't listen to anybody else. If you want to know anything about Robert F Kennedy Jr. Listen to him. Just listen to him speak. And then you'll know everything you need to know. Don't even read or listen to anybody who's talking about what he's saying. It's going to be filtered.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then that, yeah. that was, you know, part part of when I chatted with him, I just, I wanted him to just, I asked him a couple of questions and then you tell me what were your thoughts on this. I want to hear it directly from the source. And that's the beauty of the podcasts and long form conversation. And I, I see him already taking full advantage of that. And I think he's, he's. It's just gonna keep growing. I mean, I watched his Twitter back in early March. Um, he retweeted or you know, he tweeted me. He tweeted an interview I did on OAN and tagged me in it. That was like a surreal moment. I was like, whoa, this is awesome. And he had like seven or eight hundred thousand followers on Twitter at that time. Now he's up to almost 1.2 million followers on Twitter.
1: Yeah. I saw so
0: if he's allowed to continue to grow and and not be censored, mm-hmm. it's just it's just gonna keep growing and more and more people are gonna get hip to it. And you're going to hear, oh, I don't agree with him on this and that, but I appreciate his honesty. I appreciate his willingness to talk to other people or to go to audiences that aren't normally what you would call liberal or progressive or democratic. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing I like him. He's not denigrating people who -hmm. who might not agree with most of what he says, but might agree Mm -hmm. on a couple of really big things like censorship, like medical autonomy, like foreign policy. And that's what I've always been about. I've always been about where can we connect on like, Really big issues that have a real impact on our life, not only our life here in America, but millions of people's lives around the world. So I think we're seeing him starting to connect with a lot of people on that. And if he's if he can keep at it and keep growing, I think it's going to be an unstoppable, it's going to become unstoppable.
1: Mm.
0: So, but we'll yeah. we'll see what happens, Shafia We'll see what happens. Okay. As Trump says. We
1: will. Um, so but yeah, before- we can also do what we can like you are, like I am and inspire maybe more people to really do what they can. Everybody can do their little part of something.
0: That's the beauty of it, of a, of a free society, of mm-hmm. the, somewhat of a free society we still have here in America. We are mm-hmm. still a free place. I can go out in the street and hold the sign that says mm-hmm. Joe Biden is a corpse, or Joe Biden's a zombie, vote for Kennedy. <laughs> I can go do that, nothing's gonna happen to me. Security services are not gonna come, the Stasi's not gonna come beat me off the head and throw me in a paddy wagon and lock me up somewhere. Um, I went
1: through COVID in Germany. That was no joke. That was no joke. I mean, it was, it was it was a police state is is mildly put.
0: Right. right. So that, coming that was here was stunning. really
1: like whew, breath of fresh air. Like yeah, it was. And we thought it was bad here, but
0: is well, that's that's right. As bad as it got here in America, we were not Australia. We weren't yeah. Germany. We Canada weren't Italy. Oh, my God. Canada's lost the freaking plot up there.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's so that's.
1: Uh, oh, my God. You know what? My, my, so my aunt and uncle live in Kingston. Ontario? Um, yeah. Um, my uncle is retired. Um, great professor. Um, worked in the University um, of uh, Queensbury, I think, um, for architecture and something, whatever. So retired happy they have money they're comfortable and then I'm having this call with my mom and and my aunt and she's like we have a problem and I said oh what is it and she said what's the health problem I said what's wrong she's like no we're still healthy but you know our doctors retiring I said well I'm sorry (laughs) you're probably gonna have to go look for a new one and she said no there are no more doctors Hmm. I'm like what no there's no more doctors They've retired and they quit based on the COVID thing, like the, you know, the thing. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean no more doctors? Kingston is a big city. Literally no more doctors. They're considering to move and they built a house there. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, uh you're like, wait a minute. What does that mean?
0: Is that they, how long- yeah. How long have your aunt and uncle been in Canada?
1: Since I know them.
0: Oh, okay. So a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, I mean, Canada is where my dad was from. My dad was born in Newfoundland and he lived there the first 10 years of his life. Um, yeah. I'm always interested to pick Canadian's brains on the healthcare system up there. Pros and cons of it, myths versus reality. Um, Cause you get hysteria on both sides, no matter who you ask about that. They're
1: very they're very uh, much, um, they got all the things, they're very yep. low-key, they're very, like, abiding, and they wouldn't question mm. anything. And okay. so, you know, there, there's no, there's no, dra- there's there's no unnecessary drama there or anything. But now they're kind of in drama mode, because they're like, what do you, like, no more doctors? Uh, we don't know what to do. Like, who will be there yeah. for us?
0: Yeah. Are they getting up there in age, like 70s?
1: Yeah, I think like my aunt is probably somewhere over seventy. Yeah, yeah, still fit enough, but you yeah. know you have your health issues and stuff. And the, longer, the, longer
0: you're here, the longer you're here, the more shit that will will. And will now,
1: run. and now, run. what's coming over from especially from Germany is it, our new t- healing technologies. Um, I mean, you might have heard of the Rife machine. Um, was over here in the U.S. in the forties, nineteen forties. It was taken down by the beautiful pharma companies, it was wiped out, but not completely destroyed. And then it came around in the 90s again, 1990s, and research was done again, et cetera, et cetera. And then anybody who wants to Google this, uh, Google the Time waiver machine. Um, it was uh, set up and became hugely successful. Um, the, the, probably the leading company in the world for healing, free, um, healing technology frequencies based on the Rife machine. And so they furtherly developed that and developed a medical device that is licensed all over Europe right now. And well, um, has the capacity to, um, first of all, read your, um, uh, the causes for any imbalances health. So on a physical a mental and an emotional level. And if you, um, if you then run the frequencies, um, it'll balance out your system. You can eliminate diabetes and all kinds of things. So I'm not going to go further into that, but these things are here, and it's mind blowing for Americans. I'm realizing because in Germany, doctors are already using this, and so a lot of people only book a doctor who does bioresonance analysis, um, mm. um, who have uh, technology or analysis. But here in the U. S. it's still kind of uncommon. So you can find it on Google. You can find doctors. But it's more kind of like an alternative thing but now it's slowly going mainstream and so this is like totally out of the box again and what I want to say by that is I started off in the conversation with um I think we're heading into really good times because I think underneath the collapse and the decay and the 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 debris and the chaos and the you know the, the 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 dismounting of the status quo we already have other solutions underneath that are there and they're stable and they're better than anything we can imagine. It's really the, the, the future of healing technology is already here. And so anybody like who, who's listening to this and feels disillusioned or depressed or sad or like angry, whatever, we're not going backward. We're going forward and it's a mess and it's chaotic, but that's the status quo you have to transition in through to get to better times. It's the same way you move from one house to the other. You're gonna have a mess like me right now. You have mess, you have boxes, um, you have everybody (laughs) going crazy. Pregnant
0: cats, you got pregnant Pregnant cats.
1: cats. Right, but it's necessary, otherwise you can't transition. Right. So we're just in transition mode right now and it's all good. We just need to do whatever we can and take it slow. And if things get too crazy, unplug, go out, uh, go out into the woods. Hang yeah. on your worries on the trees. Nature is yeah. fantastic. It's fantastic. It's healing. Um, like just going on a hike or going into the woods, just take a breather. Like it's not worth it to go crazy over this shit.
0: Cause it's
1: flying no matter what.
0: I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing that this, uh, Saturday. I'm doing a little, uh, psilocybin outing in the woods behind my, uh, my place here. I got my, my buddy who's, uh, really plugged into that scene. I'm, I'm not really big into like the psychedelic scene, but I've done psilocybin probably a half a dozen times over the last 12 years. I do it every two or three years just to kind of help me realign and let go of baggage I have and trauma and sadness. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, experience. I don't know if you've ever had any psychedelic experiences or mushrooms or anything like that. Nope. But
1: I tried. It didn't work.
0: <laughs> you tried the mushrooms one time.
1: I tried. I tried a couple of like less harmless things, but it just does. It doesn't work with me, and I don't know why. I go into this weird, dull state, and um, I'm like, because you know, friends do it, and you're like, I'm just curious. I don't think I'm an addictive type, but right. I just, you know, you're curious, and you're like, I want to be part oh, of the fun. Yeah. You,
0: you want to know what it feels like or what they're experiencing. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, same with marijuana. I mean, I, in my twenties, I used marijuana a lot more, but uh, mm. I don't really, I haven't done it in a while, but um, I don't use uh, psilocybin and mushrooms as like a party drug. I look mm. at it as something just to facilitate an experience yeah. and to facilitate a state of being and a, a connection to a consciousness that you're not always in all the time. Mm. So I'm uh well, I'm looking forward opinion. to that. I'm going to be, I'm going to be out in the woods uh, doing that. Uh, just beautiful. what you were, you were saying, Sophia, you know?
1: Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And I think nature is the best place to to do that. It, 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 we, we are when we've forgotten, a, a lot of us have forgotten. We are nature. We go back to yeah. nature. We come from nature.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're, we're all the elements. Well, that's awesome. Well, yeah, I think that's a good, good place to wrap today, but it before is. we do Sophia, just, uh, Tell everybody where they can find you and check out your stuff and, and share the knowledge and wisdom you have and then see what you're up to.
1: Well, you can find me. I'm very authentic. You can find me everywhere with my name, Sophia T. Eric or Sophia Eric on social media. I have like a German profile and an English profile, a page, then uh, you'll find all the information I usually post public. So connect to me there, contact me, um, my email address would be Sophia at thinks, T-H-Y-N-X or Sophia at findyourmentor.com. Um, and, or just contact me on social media. And uh, we also have the Robert Kennedy Jr. 2024 for president campaign group. There's a couple that look similar, but it's the biggest one on, on Facebook. It's really worth watching. Uh, sorry. <laughs> it's worth visiting and, and, and joining. Um, so if you're, if you're coming to spread negativity, then we're not the place, but if you're really coming for, to inform yourself and to, um, like we have everybody like really pulling the bits and pieces out of the web that are new. And so it's really the source to be, to get the news information and also follow Robert F. Kennedy on, on Twitter. That's probably where you, where you post the most it's really awesome and so what we're doing in the group is we're just keeping everybody informed about the updates and you know many eyes um, are in the group or are on the outlook for, for new information so yeah I'm, I'm really transparent Every, anybody who wants to find me will find me
0: well that's awesome yeah well thanks for taking the time with me Sophia and I hope we'll uh, have many more of these uh, going through
1: I I'm I'm collaborating with the, with the campaign team. And yeah. um, so much, we're going to have some fun, fun, fun stuff happening now.
0: Yeah, that's the beauty of a Kennedy. That They're so plugged into so many different parts of our society, whether it's the arts, entertainment, sports, mm-hmm. politics, history, academia. It just there's going to be so many cool people and events and surrogates that I think are going to we're going to see in the coming weeks and months uh, yeah. hitting the campaign trail. And um, that's where I think Bobby's going to really thrive is just getting out there with the people on the trail and meeting people. And uh, obviously here in New Hampshire, we play a very big role in that. And I think he's going to do really well here. And, um, you know, maybe we can get you up here, Sophia, for an event or something when he's coming through or something like that. But uh, and, and I get down to your neck of the woods, too. My sister lives outside of D.C., so I get down there a few times during the year. But, well please
1: uh, anytime you come down like let's
0: meet up that would be fun yeah I might I might this summer I might be coming down so definitely i'll i'll keep you in the loop there but uh yeah well thank you for your time sophie i appreciate it and it's, it's been great talking to you and um, thank you yeah to the audience okay. i always as always appreciate you listening or watching here on YouTube and the best way to support this channel is to go to patreon.com jackman radio and become a patron five dollars ten dollars a month Um, You know, the more we get uh, on board. I'm a supporter too. Yes, and I wanted to thank you for that, Sophia. Sophia graciously became a patron. Um, And if you just go and look at the RFK Jr. interview, my brother and I were able to do the production quality of that, the lighting, the sound, just everything about it. That that was not a cheap thing to do. We didn't cheap out on it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the reality of putting on good productions. They cost money. And we want to be able to put the best possible product to the people. So let's
1: go defund the trash cans.
0: <sighs> burn, and- the tr- burn the trash cans and lift up the, the real stuff. You know,
1: exactly. we're, the,
0: we're the, we're the non-fluoride media. Okay. We're The, the we're best the- way to
1: manifest is to, to, to understand that energy flows where focus goes. So if you want something, if you want, if you see something positive, just go support that.
0: Absolutely. And, and I, I, and I appreciate your support Sophia. So <laughs> Folks listening, patreon.com slash jackmanradio. And uh, like this video, subscribe to the channel. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean. We're on all those podcatchers. And we will see you again for another episode of Jackman Radio. And I hope you all, wherever you are in the world, are safe and happy and having a great day. Take care of yourself and everyone around you.